Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's Podcast. Kiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by one day Barber. Barber will go all the way. Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's 10th of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Intercepted. Rondé Barber to the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's dominate today. The Barber Twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. Welcome to the holiday edition of Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. Ron Kruk joined by the New York Giants all-time leading rusher, Tiki Blanche Barber, and Super Bowl champ with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I guess Rudolph Rondé Barber. Happy holidays, guys. And uh, wow, I mean, you really stepped it up this year. I'm impressed. Well, it's not ugly sweater day for us. It's ugly t-shirt day for us because I don't have any ugly sweater. Because why would I waste money buying an ugly sweater that I'm going to wear once? I think my ugly sweater last year was actually my oldest daughter's sweater. <laughs> I squeezed nice. it. Nice. Well, I, I enjoyed our producer, Mike Riggs, comments. I guess these shirts only come in uh, boys medium. Is that correct? Yeah. Where's the gym? Uh, that way? I got mine over a sweatshirt, so. <laughs> mm. I, I just like the Star Wars nerds. We uh, stick together. That's what we yeah. got going. Well, fellas, uh, week 15, I mean, could have been the craziest of the season so far. And the 2022 NFL season has pretty much taken crazy to the next level. Quick recap, and let me get your thoughts. We saw a Minnesota miracle as the Vikings staged the largest comeback in NFL history. The Patriots literally threw the game away with no time left on the clock. Tom Brady blows the biggest lead he's ever blown at home. Chiefs need overtime to beat the miserable Texans, and the Lions and Jags are in the playoff hunt. I mean, insane weekend of football. Tiki, give us your takeaways. Jeff Saturday still is a bad coach. 72-9 to in the second half, he's been out mm. support. Oh, and by the way, he's benching his starting quarterback, and he's starting Nick Foles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All I know, you mentioned the Lions. If they beat Carolina, the Seahawks lose, and the Commanders lose to San Francisco, they're in the playoffs if they win their last two weeks. That is crazy to me. This team was so bad at the beginning of the year. Uh, even though they were scoring a lot of points, they were so bad. And now I kind of feel like they're favorites to get that last slot. It's just nuts. It is. Everything's nuts. I saw you mentioned the Colts, four, nine, and one still have a shot. I don't know how. I can't do the math, but that's what I saw today. I mean, parody reigns in the NFL. Last week, five different games decided on a winning score on the last play of the game. 12 total games decided by one score, which is an NFL record. So 
amazing weekend. And now we gear up for week number 16. Most games are being played on Saturday, fellas. Of course, that's Christmas Eve. And then a triple header on Christmas Day should be a lot of fun as we find out which teams have enough gas in the tank to make a run and which teams are going to fade. Cincinnati still owns the best record against the spread. They're 11-3, and and the Giants and Lions right behind them at 10-4 and records against the spread. And let's kick off week number 16 with the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals taking on the New England Patriots, who need to rebound after one of the worst losses in franchise history. The Bengals have won six straight and eight of nine. Last loss coming at Halloween at Cleveland, and they're coming off that solid win over Tampa Bay, rallying from a 17 to nothing deficit. The Patriots, meanwhile, I mean, apparently they really hate overtime because they wanted nothing to do with it, with that Jacoby Myers throwback to uh, Chandler Jones, who looked like his brother John Jones when he stiffed on Mac Jones with, that was fantastic as he took it to the house. It's a lot of Joneses right there. But uh, the defeat guys at the hands of the Raiders dropped them to 7-7. Seven and seven. They've lost 3 of 4, but are still in the hunt for that final playoff spot. Let's check the odds. Superbook had the opening odds. Cincinnati minus 3 and the total 39. Current odds still a field goal. It did go up to 3.5, but Cincinnati is the 3-point favorite. Point total has gone up to 41.5. The money lines, the Bengals minus 160, and New England is plus 140. All right. Can the Bengals stay hot in chilly New England and against a very solid defense? Tiki? You know, I think they can and they will. Their defense hasn't been outstanding, but Lou Anarumo has been unbelievable with his second-half adjustments. Rondé witnessed this last weekend with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it was this very simple adjustment. They have two rookie corners out there playing with Eli Apple also in the fold, who's, you know, he's a good player. He's not a great player. And the simple thing they did, let's just go play press. Let's stop giving them five to seven yards and let Tom Brady pick us apart with these easy throws. Let's just make them delay a half of a second. That second half adjustment obviously led to a huge comeback win for the Bengals and the Bucks did absolutely nothing. So their defense does enough just to get by, which, by the way, is exactly what they did all of last year with that makeshift free agent signings uh, that brought them to the AFC championship title. But offensively, I mean, Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. He's got Jamar Chase. He's got talent all around. They've won six games in a row, and you can't help but feel for the second year in a row with 10 wins that this team just has it when it matters against the important teams that they play. Now, New England's not an important team that they're playing. In fact, Mac Jones had his worst outing of his young career, completing 42% or whatever it was of his passes last weekend. But crazy enough, they were in position to win that game. I almost feel like Bill Belichick was like, you know what? I got my former offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels. He's struggling out there. Yeah. You know what? Let's just throw him a game. bad for him. We're going to make the postseason anyways because the Jets are going to falter. So, you know, here you go. I mean, it was the worst end of game thing I've ever seen. All we talk about with the Patriots is situational football. That was the worst thing to do in that situation that I've ever seen in my life. So the Pats are, I don't know, but I think Cincinnati is a team that late season, they know how to win and it's going to help them going forward. I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm going to start with the worst of these two teams, which is the New England Patriots. Now, worst Certainly in recent league history, that ending, there, there is no way a Bill Belichick coach team does that. Like I, 
I am dying to know what that next team meeting was like. What did oh he say? In it would probably be worth an hour-long documentary, just what he said in that post-game meeting. That would be but good this, video. Yeah, this uh, this offense, man, for 15 games, it's, it's showing that it's still kind of lost, right? You said Mac Jones had his worst game. He's only got seven touchdown passes this year, man. If they don't get a running game going with Monty Stevenson or, who, or whomever, he didn't even start this game. Some guy named Harris started, right? <laughs> they're, not, they're not a yeah. New England Patriots fan. You don't have any idea who that is. They are completely stuck in neutral. And it's unfortunate because they have a pretty good defense, I think. Having lost three of the last four, it's not because their defense isn't playing. Because of the ridiculousness that's going on on offense, which is absolutely nothing which we all knew was going to happen at the beginning of the year when they were jockeying offensive coordinators in the preseason. Now, I, the Bengals, because I was at this game, look, this game was looking to be a blowout for Tampa. It was the best that I've seen Tom Brady play in a long time. The offense was clicking. The defense was shutting them out. And then all of a sudden, this defense of the Bengals that nobody talks about created four takeaways and a botched punt. So five giveaways uh, by the Bucks offense that they immediately turn into points. And all of a sudden, the biggest route of the weekend is on. That trio of receivers that he has, Chase Higgins and Boyd, there's probably not a better combination. And Joe Burrow is really good when it really matters. And I think they'll continue to do that week in and week out. They've won eight of nine for a reason. Yeah. Man. This team is is on a heater right now. Absolutely. They're rolling. And I'd like to put Bill Belichick on the naughty list for his usual lame, angry lack of any details in his post-game press conference after that loss. You called it. I mean, that was unbelievable. It's on to whoever we're playing next. I don't know if you just put that loss behind you that quickly. So we will see Cincinnati, as we said, according to Superbook.com, guys, they are the favorites, minus three, and the point total at 41 and a half. Let's make some picks. Tiki, kick us off here. Who are you going with, Cincinnati or New England? I know the weather is going to be terrible. I think negative 10 or so, whatever it is. Maybe frightful. Up up there and and at home for the Patriots. But I feel like this Cincinnati Bengals team isn't affected by things like that. Cincinnati's not Hawaii. You know, it's not warm there either. So they're used to the elements. And they're just clicking on all cylinders. And if they're not, they find ways to be resilient. Right now, as Rondé said, the New England Patriots offense is lost. Their defense with Josh Uche and... um, Matt Judon have actually been really good at getting after the quarterback, but I don't think it's enough against the Bengals who have all levels of skill position weapons to combat whatever they try to do defensively. So give me Cincinnati laying three here, even though they're on the road. You know what? The New England Patriots defense, nobody talks about it, but they are a top 10 defense. I think there's third in the NFL in sacks with 48. We know that Judon has 14 and a half. Uche's had six and a half in his last four games. The only way they win this game, and it's, it's been this way against the Cincinnati Bengals all year and last year, really, you have to pressure Joe Burrow. If you don't, you're not going to win this football game. And I, I, as much as I want to say their defense is going to show up, this is a home game. But Pat's underdogs at home. It's like an oxymoron until now yeah. <laughs> this year. I think, it's, well I think it's that way for a reason. And uh, I think since he stays on their hot streak, and it, it'll absolutely be uh, another victory for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They'll cover three points here. All right. Both the Barber brothers going with Cincinnati. The Bengals are on fire. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win. Still have an outside chance at home field advantage. 
The only thing that scares me guys a little bit is their, their slow starts. They need to fix that. They're averaging 10 points uh, in the first half in their last three games, but then they click and that offense starts to put up points. I don't think the Patriots offense can keep up with them unless they can run the ball extremely well uh, with whoever they put in there. It'll probably be Jones or Johnson or Smith or somebody this week. <laughs> Not confident in that happening. Uh, Cincinnati defense has been pretty stingy with the rushing yards uh, per game. So I'm with you. Clean sweep. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. They will cover the three. This is the time to get to Superbook.com. Superbook's offering football fans incredible promotions, including up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus when you make a deposit and wager. Plus, get in on their weekly football point spread bonus. Check out Superbook.com and download the app today. An old-school NFC East rivalry is renewed. I know something near and dear to Tiki's heart when the division-leading Philadelphia Eagles, they travel to Big D to take on the second-place Dallas Cowboys. Eagles, of course, holding down that number-one playoff spot with a 13-1 record. Dallas is currently sitting at number five. These two teams met in week number six, and the Eagles got a 26-17 victory. But the Cowboys were without Dak Prescott and started Cooper Rush. Now the Eagles could be in that same boat as of this recording, the status of quarterback Jalen Hurts is unknown. We could see Gardner Minshew get the nod if Hurts can't go. We'll keep an eye on that. Make sure you check out Superbook.com. The line has been moving crazy for this one. Before the Hurts injury was really detailed, the opening line for this, guys, according to Superbook.com, Dallas minus one and a half. The point total was 50 and a half. The line has now gone up to Dallas minus five and a half with the potential of Hertz not playing. And the point total has dropped to 46 points. Money line, Dallas is currently minus 240 plus 200 for Philly. Okay, if the Eagles are without Hertz, how did they win on the road? And after what we saw Dallas pull against Jacksonville, are the boys contenders or pretenders? Rondé, give us your take. If they're going to be contenders, they need to win games like this. I was at, you actually, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, you were actually pretty excited the way they beat the Texans a couple of weeks ago after playing terrible against the worst team in football. But then, having given up that lead last week, if you watch the probability chart during games, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, that chart was way above for the Dallas Cowboys yeah. until it wasn't. They had a chance to win this game at the end last week, and it just felt inevitable. You just felt like Trevor Lawrence is probably speaking more to Trevor Lawrence and the Jags right now than Dallas. It just felt like Dallas was going to lose. And then, of course, it got overtime and whatever else happens. The one reason I think that this, the Cowboys are favorites here is because they haven't lost at home since week one, and that was against the right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a game where Dak Prescott got hurt. They have – Two rushers. Think about this. If Zeke Elliott rushes for 225 yards in the next three weeks, they are likely to have 2,000-yard rushers this year. So they have what it takes on offense to be balanced. Where they've been awful recently is on defense. They cannot stop a soul on defense right now. I don't know what happened. We're talking about Dan Quinn being potential head coach candidate, assistant coach of the year. He got the best pass rusher or defensive player and Michael Parsons. And now all of a sudden, they're playing like their pretenders on defense, and that's their problem. For Philly, Tiki will probably be able to speak to this better than me because of where they are, but 
this is to me a test for Nick Sirianni to see if he can do what Kyle Shanahan has done in San Francisco. See, if Gardner Minshew has to play in this game, can you get that offense that's produced 420 plus yards for the last month to continue to do that? And if they do, I think they'll have a, a chance to win the NFC East this weekend. Yeah, no, Ronnie makes some very good points here. Dallas's defense has been put in tough positions because Dak Prescott can't stop throwing interceptions. He's almost, I think he's top of the league, maybe second or third in the league in interceptions. And he's had an interception, at least one, in each of his last four games. So I know we get enamored by Dak because he feels like he's this franchise guy, one of these top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League. But he's too, he's too gung-ho and wants to be the hero. In fact, he even said it after last week, the Houston Texans game. He said something along the lines of, I got to weigh risk versus reward. No, how about you just don't throw it to the other team? Right, tight window. Don't throw it, dude. Pick, tuck Good it down. Advice. Chunk it to your running back. Tony Pollard's coming out of the backfield. He's got seventy receptions or whatever it is on the season already. You have ways to play smart, and he's just not playing smart, Rondé. That's why their defense is looking vulnerable because they're putting these bad situations week after week after week after week. When you talk about Nick Sirianni, I love him as a head coach. I really love how he's built the confidence of Jalen Hurts. And if Hurts can't go, and Gardner Minshew has to play, there is no confidence needed. I mean, Gardner Minshew is a, he's a stud, like, dude, like a person. Guys love him. They gravitate towards him. I mean, hell, he lived in a bus last (laughs) offseason where he could be close to his gym. So he didn't have to, like, travel and do it. Like, it was unreal, the towel of this guy, like, the aura of this guy. And so if Hurts is out, they are going to rally around Gardner Minshew. And because of the talent, you know, Miles Sanders, who's a little jack muscle hamster. I didn't realize that until class two weeks ago when, he, when they destroyed the Giants. And A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, their offense isn't going to change. They're going to keep pushing. They're going to keep throwing the ball down the field and trying to make plays. And their defense has been as balanced as any defense in football. So I give them a huge chance, regardless who starts under center, against a Cowboys team who has been very flawed the last three or four weeks. Well, bottom line, guys, the Eagles could easily rest hurts they uh just need one more win out of their final three to clinch that top seed in the nfc some some people might ask why risk it but we will see so keep an eye at superbook.com on how the odds will change for this one once that quarterback uh, starter is decided again this opened up as dallas minus one and a half fellas we go all the way up to dallas minus five and a half Rondé, you're up. Are you uh, going with the Cowboys, or do you like the Eagles to cover in this one? Well, obviously, the Hurts-less Eagles are less dynamic, but I think he has a very solid surrounding group around him. Miles Sanders, 1,000-yard rusher. We know about their wide receiving core. And the one thing that Dallas is not doing very well right now is stopping the run. So even if Jalen Hurts isn't playing, I still think – Philly's going to be able to run the football. And then from a contrary perspective, are the Dallas Cowboys really going to light up the second best defense in football? The Philadelphia Eagles have 55 sacks, lead the NFL. Talk about Hassan Reddick, who's having a breakout year. Brandon Graham's always great. Javon Hargrave has double-digit sacks. It doesn't matter who they play. They've shored up their defensive line with a couple additions the past couple weeks. I think they stopped this run game with Dallas, and I do think they covered this. I think five and a half is a lot to give to the Dallas Cowboys against the best team in the NFC. You know, I was fully prepared to say the Cowboys were going to win this one by field goal or 
you know, wh whatever it may be. And if it was one and a half as it started, I would have taken the Cowboys. But Rondé's dead on. The Eagles aren't all dependent upon their offense to blow out teams in order to win. You mentioned Hassan Reddick. He has done something that very few people have done. And it's not it's circumstantial, but he's got 11 sacks on the season. Or he's got 12 on the season. He's the first player that's had 11 sacks on three different teams in three different years. Arizona, Carolina, and now you throw him in Philadelphia. No matter where he is, he gets after the quarterback. It's part scheme, but it's part just his elite ability. And so I believe that the turnover trend continues for the Cowboys. They're going to give it to the Eagles in certain situations. And again, if this was one and a half, I'd go Dallas. But five and a half, almost you know, close to a touchdown, I got to go Philly covering this. All right. Minshew magic for both Rondé and Tiki uh, going with Philly. I'm with you, Tiki. I was going back and forth on this one as well. The hurt situation does worry you, especially if you're a fantasy football owner. A lot of people are freaking out as playoffs are, are started and in the semifinals. But I don't think there's a huge drop off um, with a veteran in, in Minshew coming in. However, here's where I think Dallas needs to put that bad loss against Jacksonville behind them. and. As you mentioned, Rondé, that defense needs to 100% regroup. They're still the number two defense in the NFL, surrendering the fewest points. And I think they bounce back. The Cowboys have won their last four home games against the Eagles. This should be another one of those good old-fashioned NFC East grinds. But I'm going to take Dallas, and I think they find a way to cover. All right, follow us on all social media platforms at Superbook Sports. Check out Superbook.com and get in on all the college football bowl action, NBA, NHL, and, of course, the rest of the NFL season. All right, we will keep it in the NFC for game number three as Tiki's New York Giants travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. The 11-3 Vikes Locked up the NFC North and will either be a number two or three seed. Of course, they're returning after completing the largest comeback in NFL history against the Colts last week. Rhonda, you mentioned about uh, the odds of the Bengals coming back, the odds of the Vikings coming back down 33 to nothing. I wish I would have got in on some of that action. I don't even know what it was. What do you think? I have no idea. <laughs> no, but we nobody at Superbook should have let us know. Uh, on the flip side, the New York Giants, 8-5-1, and one, holding down that number six seed uh, in the NFC and looking off to build off that big win at Washington last week. I'm not sure how the Vikings keep doing it. A total of 10 one-score wins on the season, which is tied for the most in NFL history, and seven fourth-quarter comeback wins which is tied for second most in NFL's history. Crazy stats. Vikings, though, only 6-7-1 and one against the spread. The Giants, as I mentioned earlier, a uh, second best against the spread at 10-4. and four. Here are the numbers. Superbook.com opened up this game at Vikings minus 3.5 and, and the point total at 48. It has moved up slightly. The Vikings are now a four-point favorite, and the point total has remained steady. At 48 on the money line, the Vikings are minus 200 and the comeback on the Giants plus 175. All right, guys, we'll start with Tiki. It's his team, Giants, back-to-back -back road games. How do they keep their playoff hopes alive against the comeback kings of 22? 
the elements are in their favor because it's indoors. Weather is going to be a humongous character this weekend. A lot of NFL mm-hmm. games, but it good point. in Minnesota, and that I think that portends good things for the New York Giants because you're not worried about the mistakes and the weather-related mistakes that is turnovers, etc. But turnovers haven't been the issue for the New York Giants. In fact, they've only given the ball away 13 times this year, which is number one in the NFL, tied with the Philadelphia Eagles. So all those issues that Daniel Jones supposedly was coming into the season having, he's fixed. He's become a great leader for this team and is likely the quarterback for the future for them. We know how the Giants play. Close to the vest, slow the game down. You're going to steal some possessions so that you can't take advantage of one or two more opportunities to score. But the problem is the Minnesota Vikings do the same exact thing. The Giants have a great record in one-score games, 8-1. Right. But you just mentioned the team, the only team in the NFL that's better are the Minnesota Vikings. They are 10-0, and 0, one of the few teams in the history of the NFL to be Crazy. defeated in one-score games throughout a season. But that being said, though, the Vikings' defense has been abysmal. Abysmal. 32nd as it pertains to yards. So they give up plays. They give up chunks. They make up for it because they get chunks on the other side with Justin Jefferson, who's leading the league in receiving, is on pace for almost 2,000 yards. So for me, the Giants, this is going to come down to Wink Martindale, as he even said. I'm the blue-collar worker who's taken on Harry Styles. Great analogy. Great analogy, but, but that's the reality. Of it. Wink is going to do what he's going to do. The one positive of all the injuries with the Giants, Xavier McKinney may be back in the secondary wearing a club on his hand for that jacked-up mm. finger that he broke with that ATV accident in the bye week. But they're going to need him because this Minnesota offense can be very, very dynamic if you let it. How about Wake Martindale with the pop culture reference? I know, know, old school. (laughs) The Vikings uh, uh, can't cover the spread because they have to come back in every game. And the Giants cover the spread because nobody expects them to be good. Yes. (laughs) That's basically spot on right there. That's what we've been talking about all year, dude. Justin Jefferson, not only, Tiki, talking about explosive offenses, not only does he have the most receptions in the league at 111 with three games ago. Are you kidding me right now? Most targets, most yards. He is running the trifecta right now in terms of receiving. He's the best receiver in football. There's no doubt about that. The problem with the Minnesota Vikings is that Kevin O'Connell, having taken over the head coaching duty and obviously the play calling duty, no longer runs a football. Dalvin Cook is a thousand yard runner in spite of his offensive coordinator. It's, it's, it's amazing how he's averaging four and a half yards a carry and on a team that throws the ball the fourth most in the NFL, and that's Kirk Cousins. Now, a lot of that's because they're down in games or whatever, but it, it concerns you because it makes you think that this coach is not quite managing his football team right. Now, they, they understand situational football. They can always get back in games. They've obviously proven that. How about K.J. Osborne last week, 157 yards? Wow. And it's like they can find ways to do this. They've done it. We talked about this last week with the Chargers and Tennessee. This is a team that they're good, but I don't want to trust them. To me, that gives a great opportunity for the New York Giants, who need this win. They're one, three, and one in their last five games. It's important, right? It's important for them to beat a good football team at this point in the year because you've got to start playing good if you're going to be a, a playoff team. Daniel Jones never going to be a great passer, but he is very efficient. Tiki is dead right. And if they make the playoffs, this is not going on off a limb saying this, Dabo will be the coach of the year if the New York Giants make the playoffs this year. And I think they got a chance to do that on the road this week because, look, 
Minnesota, they've proven that they can lose, theoretically, lose to every team in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Who knows what you're going to get with the Vikings? And a great point, Tiki, that the Giants keep pulling out close games as well. So as we go into this big NFC matchup, the Vikings, according to Superbook.com, minus four favorites. The point total is at 48 This will be played in the Dome, so no weather factor. Make sure you check the weather this weekend because Tiki's spot on. There's a lot of games that could be affected by some major storms coming through. All right, there's your weather update on the fives. Let's now get our picks. Uh, They're your Giants, Tiki. Who are you going with? You got the Vikings or the Giants? I got to be a homer, and I'm not not ready to say money line. But I got to take the Giants getting four points. This honestly feels like a 23 to 21 victory. Whoever wins it, whichever way it goes. And the Giants are going to slow the game down. The first quarter is going to, it's going to go like that. You're going to be like, damn, we're already in the second quarter? Because that's how they play, right? And they're going to force Minnesota to make long drives. I love Justin Jefferson's production. He's not going to have 80-yard touchdowns against Wink Martindale. It's just not going to happen. The ball's going to get out. It's going to be inaccurate or he's going to sit back and play coverage, make Kirk Cousins rinky-dink dink and dunk you to death, which is where mistakes start to happen. So I got to give the Giants credit because of how they consistently play. Like if you look at what Rondé was talking about, the Vikings could theoretically lose to anybody. The Giants theoretically could almost beat anybody. And so I think when you think about this game, I have to give the edge to a team that's lived way above the mean talking about the Giants all season long. So give me the Giants plus four. This being a money line game sounds way more interesting than <laughs> looking at this spread because I just I just don't like I just don't like this spread. This this game has not a great matchup written all over it. I mean I know it's a big game, but because the Giants are really kind of one dimensional football team, I don't know that they can keep pace if they get out ahead. I have to be conditional on this. If Wink Martindale brings a lot of pressure, blitzes against Kirk Cousin, I think they give themselves a chance. But that also opens you up for those explosive plays with Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen, whoever he's throwing a football to. When blitzed, Kirk Cousins is the lowest rated quarterback in the NFL. So I think that's got to be their plan, but they have to be able to rush and cover at the same time. If they don't, I think Minnesota finds a way to do this. Kevin O'Connell's been great all year. I think they know they have a chance to solidify their playoff spot here, get one of the top seeds. I think they find a way to cover this four points at home. It's a big, big game for the Minnesota Vikings. Well, there we go. Our first disagreement. Rondé's going with the Vikings and Tiki with his Giants. We know how this is going to play out. Minnesota falls way behind. They'll stage an epic comeback and win a close one at the end. I mean, that's what they do, and I don't know how they're doing it, but – They need to keep winning with San Francisco right behind them at 10 and four. They'll keep the pressure on them. So they need to keep their winning ways uh, rolling. The Giants, uh, they'll keep it close, of course, especially if Barkley gets rolling. I just think what you mentioned, Tiki, on the offensive side for Minnesota, too many weapons. Uh, Maybe they're saving Cook for this playoff run. Uh, We will see. But yeah, I'd like to see him get the ball a lot more and uh, let Jefferson do his thing. I'm going with Rondé on this one. Give me the Vikings to cover. Tiki doesn't like it. I could say one thing. The only problem is if the Minnesota Vikings go down. I don't foresee that happening. But if they go down and it's anywhere more than one possession, so say they're down two possessions, two scores, they're going to run out of possession. That's what the Giants do. 
they force you to run out of possessions. And you're like, damn it, we were there. And then you run out of possessions. You run out of time. That's how the Giants win. It's, just, it's simple. It's boring. It's stupid, right, in today's NFL. But that's how they win. And it's worked out pretty well. A typical grind, but they're getting it done for sure. Well, guys, it is the most wonderful time of the year. And, you know, Santa's really busy this time of the year. And sometimes just things fall through the cracks. And this year, the Superbook team intercepted some letters that were being sent to the big man. And since Santa is a huge betting with the barber fan, never misses an episode, we thought we would help the big guy out and we would read the letters and get that done. Now we go to the big bag, and <laughs> we've got some letters from Santa. Look at us, ending the year solid. All right, three letters from Santa. Let's see what we got. <laughs> Am I breaking any laws doing oh this, God. by the way? Yes, you um, are. You are. You're going to jail. <laughs> wow. Okay, here we go. Ready, fellas? Dear Santa, I want to thank you for all the blessings of this past year. My vest collection has grown from 200 to 400. I ran the New York Marathon in my last year before having to join the seniors division. Oh, boy. And my Giants are relevant in December for the first time since YA Tittle was the quarterback. Oh, man, old school. Can you please pay off my 25 to 1 bet that the Giants will win the NFC for Christmas? Signed Tiki in New Jersey. Mm. 25 to 1, Tiki. Mm. You know what? I got an extra couple hundred bucks, holiday money. I'm taking it. 25 to 1 is a lot. That's a lot. And anything can happen. This is this is stupid season in the NFL. Anything can happen. I'll take that bet. 25 to 1. Yeah, you know, if people stop giving out presents and just giving out cash, you definitely take this bet. It's 25 to 1 looks damn good. And I agree with you. Any of the seven teams that get into the playoffs have a chance to win the NFC. The AFC is probably a little top-heavy. The NFC, bring it on. I'll take it. I like it. I don't know. The Chiefs haven't looked like world beaters, and the Bills kind of just getting by, too. But uh, watch those Bengals for sure. All right, next letter. Looks like uh, we got a little kid who, uh, who wrote this. Or I don't know, maybe our producer, he writes like that, too. So let's see here. Oh, I can't wait. All right, here we go. Letter number two, intercepted from Santa. Wow, here we go. Dear Santa, I haven't been in cold weather in years, but it's supposed to get down into the 30s where I live this weekend. So I need four pairs of long johns, two ski jackets, one of those heated benches like they use at the Browns games, snow tires, five pairs of gloves, a sweater for the life-size statue of myself at home, and 10 bottles of Fireball. Yes. Signed, Rondé in Tampa. P.S. Hey, we got a P.S. Do you think Baylor can cover the two and a half versus the Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl? Mm. I think you should do a shot of uh, of Fireball before you answer that. I might, I might need to do a Fireball shot to even dig into an Army-Baylor game. Like, it, Army and Baylor are playing oh, a game. Air, yeah, Air Force. Mark this Air is a Force. game. Yeah. Sorry, Air Force. Mark this is a game that I did not look at. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let me jump what? in there. I mean, the Air Force Academy is here in Colorado. They right. run the ball, of course, triple option. Baylor's never seen anything like that. Take Air Force. In. 
I'm going to say uh, a Baylor team that's never played an Air Force team is probably going to get smashed by uh, an offense that just continues to run down your throat even when you think the game is over. So, yes, two and a half. They're not going to cover that. You're going to discredit Air Force, who, by the way, won the Commander-in-Chief trophy this year. Well said. Navy and Army. They ran away <laughs> with it, literally, because they run the ball like crazy. I mean, it's like 300-something yards a game. So can they cover it? No. I wouldn't take that bet. All right. I mean, I'm just a little uh, disappointed you guys weren't prepared. There were only uh, 43 bowl games to uh, to get set for. So let's uh, let's step it up next year. All right. Uh, a fine envelope here. Um, this is. Uh, I wonder who's getting this one. Can't wait. Dear Santa, OG. We're just up here in Cheeseland. You betcha. Oh, I got to do a Fargo accent on this. My Packers are four and a half dogs this weekend against Miami. Don't you know? Believe me, you. I'm betting my pretty little cheesehead they're going to win. Oh, that was bad. Go, go. Sign Gary in Green Bay. All right. Who's with them? Who's taking the Packers against the uh, Dolphins this weekend? This game is in Green Bay. This makes no, oh, no sense. No, no, it's at it's uh it's at home. Miami's oh, at home. It was in Green Bay. Another game I didn't prepare for. Look, Green Bay is thinking they're going to make the playoffs, and yeah. the Dolphins have lost three in a row, and they look a little lost. Even though they came back to form a little bit on offense last week, they still found a way to lose that football game. I think Green Bay is going to try to make a statement, and Lafleur who broke everybody's heart last week when he knelt on the one-yard line and killed the over, over-under, <laughs> in that game last week against the Rams. He's not doing that this week. He's going to take his team down there and, uh, and, uh, and, and win. I think they're going to go down to Dolphins and win. Wow. I think – I don't know. I mean, Tua's got to snap out of this thing eventually. I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. All right. I like it. I think Miami's a playoff caliber team. They've hit some uh, it's a tough streak here, but Green Bay way too inconsistent. I'm going to go with Miami and Tiki on this one. Wow. A little hot in these hats, man. How does Santa do it, man? Impressive. Impressive. Great. Uh, great story. Appreciate our producer, Mike Riggs, so much. Uh, and if I don't wrap up, he's going to put me on the naughty list for sure. So, as we wrap up the holiday edition, we appreciate your support. We ask you to take a second to like, rate, and subscribe. Of course, Betting with the Barbers, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and, of course, at Superbook.com. All right, guys, Thursday night football this weekend. This week, we got a nice one. Jacksonville going to New York to face the Jets. Uh, both have playoff hopes on the line. Before kickoff, final thoughts as we wrap things up. There are still tickets available for that game, surprisingly enough. So who knows what the heck is going to happen up there. I mean, Zach Wilson's going to get another chance to prove that he's a starting quarterback. But here's something to watch. The Chargers, who are playing on Monday night against the Colts. The Colts are playing their fifth quarterback of the season. I think it's actually the fourth and Nick Foles. But Austin Eckler, all of a sudden, is a touchdown maven. He's got 14 touchdowns on the season. And he's someone to keep an eye on for your prop betting, Austin Eckler. Nice. Here's my concern. It's in Baltimore. They lose by 10 to Cleveland. Lamar Jackson is nowhere to be seen. And I am wondering if at home they can even beat the Atlanta Falcons. 
this team has fallen off so badly. But this they're is, still in position to make the playoffs. Still in position, and they probably will. But this is a game that I have to watch. I will watch this game. Baltimore is reeling, and they need a win bad, even though Atlanta's starting whoever they're starting quarterback. Clock, they, clock. they just picked up Sammy Watkins off waivers from the Green Bay Packers. Oh, that's that's actually big. All right, interesting stuff. Hey, and quickly, sad news about the passing of Steeler legend Franco Harris. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the family and uh, all the Steeler fans out there. And, and, fellas, happy holidays to you and your families and our entire Superbook families. Cheers, fellas and ladies. Merry Christmas. And ladies. Merry Christmas. Break out these this weekend. Enjoy the holidays. For my partners, TK and Rondé Barber, I'm Ron Cruck. Make sure you're following us on social media at Tiki Barber, at Rondé Barber, at R. Cruck, and, of course, at Superbook Sports. Merry Christmas, everyone. You've been locked into the Betting with a Barber's podcast. 10, 5, touchdown, Tiki Barber. Presented by Superbook Sports, featuring former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki and Rondé Barber, and featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today, and never miss out on the Barber Twins weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network. network.